Hello, welcome to Cave Woman Debugging, a podcast about practical solutions to iOS development. My name is Laura Dickey, and I have been a Mac and iOS indie developer since 2003. I have even used Objective-C as far back as 1990 on Nexts in college, so I am a cave woman, that's me, and I love learning new things, and I've always tried to read as many developer blogs and listen to as many podcasts on iOS development as possible, and wanted to add my own voice to the landscape here. So I would like this podcast, my goal is for it to be short and sweet and focus each time on a particular aspect of programming. Most of the time it would be focused on development using Apple products, either Mac or iOS, but sometimes it might be a more general programming topic. It will never be too long. I drive my kids around a lot and enjoy listening to podcasts that fit into the short commute that I have, driving them back and forth to school and activities, and would like to keep it focused on one area. I do really enjoy listening to other podcasts, but have noticed that there aren't as many women's voices speaking about technical topics. Uh, They are often guests on shows, and I really enjoy their perspective and listening to them, and I wanted to add my voice to the conversation and share some of the tips and tricks and opinions that I've picked up after 25 years of coding. So my first topic, I thought it would be appropriate to focus on debugging and specifically what they usually call caveman debugging. I'm calling it cavewoman debugging. And it's basically putting printfs in your code as it runs to see what it's doing. And honestly, I call it printf, even if it's not really printfs anymore on iOS and Mac. It really, you don't, you can call printf. You usually don't, but I've always used this as a way to figure out, well, what's my code doing? Why is it doing it? And I think there are a lot of advantages to doing debugging this way. Uh, you end up with log files as long as log files are easy to capture. It depends on your platform. They usually are. You can save them. You can search them. You can compare them. You can throw in things that are really high volume where you want to just maybe search for a particular occurrence or something. They can be helpful in finding things that are timing related, although they're not great because there is some latency attached with getting that message out there. And depending on whether or not you have your debugging turned on or not, you might get different results. That's always a little frustrating, but it has, it does happen. Um, I find that given the relatively fast compile times for iOS or Mac programs that it doesn't hurt to throw in a few debug statements, recompile, run again, versus putting breakpoints in the debugger and stopping and seeing, well, what am am I looking at here? There's definitely times that a debugger is much more helpful, but there's also times when I think the printouts work out well, and it's usually the first thing I go toward. Um, when I first started doing Mac development, I used NSLog. That's your pretty standard print something out to the console. Um, when I would get close to releasing, I'd realize, oh, wait, I don't want all those printouts going out to the console. So I had two choices. I could either delete them or comment them out and decided that really what was better, and I'm really bad at throwing things out. I tend to save more stuff in my code than I probably should but I changed them to macros that were conditionally compiled 
based on whether or not the debug flag was set. And then I think the next step, once you have used NSLog for a while and you see it prints out all this information, the time and stamp and the process ID and thread information that you might not want, I ended up changing those calls to be calls to CF show, which is a sort of core foundation, a little lower level um, call, which also prints out to the console, but does it without all of that extra prefix stuff in the beginning of the line. I think it's a little bit faster. And then you do that for long enough, and then you realize, well, maybe I don't want my debugging statements to be turned off when I'm doing a release build. Maybe something only goes wrong or you want to look at some sort of performance aspect or some part of it that isn't necessarily tied to your debug flag. And a while ago, the debug, debug flag wasn't even something that was turned on automatically for new projects. It's something sometimes you had to add. So I eventually ended up adding a special logging flag that could be enabled independently of whether or not I was doing a debug build or not. So that gave me a fair amount of control over what was getting printed by my program. And one of the last things I'd always do before releasing was do a quick search for printf or nslog in my program, make sure I didn't slip up somewhere. Um, all my statements were called ablog because I was writing a program called Alpha Baby at the time. So I've you know brought those header files around with me from project to project just because I find them to be helpful. I also had one called abstart, which I could just throw in at the beginning of any function. And it just used the special C preprocessor macro, um, which is underscore, underscore, function, underscore, underscore. It, there's a bunch of them, like file and line and things like that. But it basically was a quick way of saying, hey, I got to this function. And it would just, without me having to type in the name of the function or the name of the method, it would just print out for me with a quick one-liner that could get debugged, uh, compiled out at release time. Then once you start using that enough, you start realizing that, well, sometimes you want to have more debugging statements in a certain piece of code, and you don't want to always have them turned on, and maybe you just debugging a particular problem. So you start adding macros on top of macros. So you name them slightly different things, just like CF log or DF log or whatever relating to the whatever piece of functionality you're testing and you can turn those on and off within whatever file you're debugging and that does two things it adds you to add more granularity to your debugging it also allows you to maybe search for those debugging lines and say oh all right when I was looking into this I was looking at this particular problem you know if you're going for brevity in your code two characters might not be enough and hopefully you remember to comment it when you edit it but it was it was something that it held me in pretty good stead for quite some time. Um, once I started becoming more aware of the bigger repository of Cocoa source code that's out there, and it, well, it wasn't really around when I first started programming, but it's certainly grown quite a lot. Um, I started to look into something called Cocoa Lumberjack, and that's a recent piece of software that I've been using, but I've I heard about it mentioned in a few places. In one context, someone mentioned that, well, you know, I like to roll my own code most of the time, but, you know, I'll use Cocoa Lumberjack. So I'm like, hmm, what is this? And is it something I want to use? It is something you can get from GitHub or from CocoaPods. I'm actually, right now, my most recent project using it via CocoaPods. 
but you can you don't have to use CocoaPods to use it. It's got relatively good documentation on GitHub. You, sometimes when you use third-party code or you use uh, shareware open source code like that, the documentation isn't great. But Cocoa Lumberjack has quite a lot to help get you started. Um, they recently moved to a 2.0 version, I think. So if you start off with it now, I believe that's the released version. So what it gives you is just a better structure for doing a lot of the things I just talked about. So it gives you different levels of debugging. It gives you, I believe, three or four to begin with. And it tells you how you can add your own and add your own in a way that's, I think, a little bit better documented than just a few hacky pound defines here and there. I came up with a way to use it such that I could set a sort of global logging level for my whole project without having to add logging information to every file. Basically, in my pre-compiled header, I threw a, a static cont, const int, which just said this is my default level, and it's one, it's like verbose in case of debug, and it's maybe just the very first level of, of logging for the um, release build. And then everybody includes the pre-compiled header and good to go. Then it turns out there is a way that in a particular file, if you want to say turn on more debugging just for that file, you can redefine that flag that's used because all of the Cocoa Lumberjack calls are all macros. So, so it makes it easy to customize it for a particular file. You can just choose that file, redefine the flag and you're good to go. So I have been using that a lot and really enjoy it. I also can use the feature in Cocoa Lumberjack that lets you log to lots of different places, including files. So this is very handy when you are, for example, doing pre-release versions of your software. I turned on file logging and you can turn it you have lots of control over how many files cre you create, how many, how big they get. And it will go both to the console and to the files. And then I added a um, option in my preferences screen for my app to email the logs to myself. So if somebody else was running and something went wrong, I had a quick way to say, look, look just hit this menu item in preferences here, send me the files and I can take a look at it. I also, in doing that, realized that in my release builds, I tend to turn off too much debugging. I often I will have nothing printed, which is great from a debugging point of view, but not well. I mean, from a just keeping the console clean, clean kind of point of view, but not great if you wanted to have some sort of context for something went wrong. So, I ended up adding some high-level logging in just to say, oh, I started up, this is my version, oh, I started this task, I started this task, and then at least I get to see a little bit of the activity that was going on and perhaps what led to the error. Now, I also turn errors and warnings on um, all the time, even in release builds, and I think what's nice about using something like Cocoa Lumberjack where you've got well-defined levels is that if you do that last little check where you go through your code, make sure you got rid of all of your debugging printouts. You can tell, well, is this printout here because it's an error message and I really want to see this message all the time, or is this just 
debugging and it shouldn't be there. If you use a consistent mechanism, and it doesn't have to be Coquitlam or Jack, it could be something you roll yourself, but some way of saying, look, I'm printing this out because it's an error and I want to know this all the time versus, oh, this is just FYI, I was debugging a problem and I forgot to remove it. So um, I think it can be a really, really helpful way of figuring out what went wrong. So I will wrap things up with that. I think that um, I hope you enjoyed talking about cavewoman debugging, and I look forward to sharing lots of other topics with you. I just wanted to end with a quick pop culture slash what else do I do with my life wrap up because we aren't all just programmers. So I leave you with this. This is a lot of my other favorite uh, YouTube and podcasts sometimes have this feature, so I'm going to give it a try. Uh, books that I'm currently reading. I am starting from the beginning with the Discworld books and Harry Pratchett. I got into him relatively late, only read most of his later stuff, so excited to start his early stuff. I have Color of Magic checked out right now. Uh, music. This is a bit of a strange song for me. Uh, it's called The Worry List by Blue October. It's a little bit slower than what I usually listen to, but um, my son was in a play and I saw it a bunch of times and they were playing this as part of the play and it's really stuck in my head. So it's a mellow, mellow tune and maybe you'll like it. And in terms of games that I'm playing right now, still, still enjoying Seven Words, which is an oldie but a goodie. Um, if you're not familiar with it, you basically have seven words that you have to guess from a series of fragments of the words. You can play a puzzle every day. I think it's great because it's short and sweet and I can do it while I'm waiting for something. And what I really like about it is, is if I get stuck on a puzzle, usually if I come back an hour later, a couple hours later the next day, I'll figure it out and I feel really happy and proud of myself. So it's a great way to keep your brain active when you're waiting for something. So uh, thank you and I look forward to uh, joining you next time. If you have any feedback or comments, they can be sent to cavewoman at littlepotatosoftware.com. Thanks.